0: Welcome to Leadership Network's Future Church Podcast, a podcast with groundbreaking ideas curated just for you. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions of the local church. Learn how today's thought leaders are navigating the future of the church, 21st century solutions to 21st century challenges. We help leaders get the clarity needed to move from good ideas and intentions to results and impact. For more information about Leadership Network's resources, to help you pursue healthy growth and 100x impact, visit leadnet.org.
1: Welcome to the Leadership Network Ventures Podcast. In each podcast, we interview a grant winner from our recent Shark Tank. Uh, During our Shark Tank, we invite new and innovative uh, initiatives to talk with us about how they're finding new ways to share the gospel and make disciples around the world. Today, I am talking with Susan Fries with All In Ministries. Good afternoon, Susan.
2: Hey there, Hal. It's great to be here.
1: Well, let's, why don't you tell us the the listeners a little bit about Susan?
2: Sure. Thanks for the invitation. I, um, I actually live here in Jacksonville, Florida, with my uh, college sweetheart, who's my husband for 27 years. We have two boys. They are 20 off to college for that one, and um, a 17-year-old who's navigating high school. And we have a Morkey his name's Theophilus, um, who uh, <laughs> yeah keeps us busy. But we do this hybrid homeschooling, so we are um, in the throes of that, but we also... Have just loved living here in in Jacksonville for the past twenty two years. Grew up in South Florida. Um, came to know Jesus during the Jesus movement of the seventies, and uh, just really have been blessed to know Jesus all my life.
1: Oh, that's great. That's cool. So, tell us a little bit about all in ministries. Give me a thirty thousand foot view picture of how you started. What maybe what it was that got you started there? Yeah, just talk to us about that.
2: Sure. Well. All the ministries really started unintentionally. I was headed on a mission to India. This was back in 2011 when uh, about three weeks before I was to b- depart, my missions pastor asked if I would please create a two-day women's conference. Now, Hal, you know, like creating a conference uh-huh. in the West is there's months of planning, you know, picking right. the theme and praying through the speakers and creating the right environment. And I was a lay leader at that point, uh, minister to women at our church. And so had done that several times. I was hesitant to say yes, because it was only three weeks away. But um, as he's uttering that question, will you please create a women's conference? I heard in my heart, day one is God's work in them. And day two is God's work through them. And so I wasn't manufacturing those thoughts. So I was writing that down. I said, yes, um, hang up the phone. 90 minutes later, the entire conference is written. Oh, it was wow. Like a spiritual, yeah, it was a spiritual download. At least that's what I feel like it was. Sure. Um we get to India and been told that some of the women had journeyed four days on foot to attend the conference. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And some of them were actually physically abused for attending because they're the only Christian in their village. And the missionary tells us, well, you know, women here are considered the keepers of religion. They are the ones responsible for getting up at 5 a.m. to ring bells to wake up their gods, and so they have this authentic desire to learn about Jesus and to pass it on. But in that particular part of India, they're not allowed to ask questions of a man. Uh, they're not even allowed okay. to ask eyeball look eyeball to eyeball with a man. And so here it is um, at the conference, they were discovering that uh, they are an important part of God's story. They learned the meta narrative of Scripture and their part and purpose and how to abide in Christ daily and to study the Bible and gather with others weekly and to pray and serve Jesus uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit in biblically faithful and theologically sound ways. And I remember um, some of them actually were crying. They were hearing for the very first time, discovering that they were loved. And at the end of the conference, we invited them to stand before God to make this commitment to be a disciple maker, to take everything that they learned, to pass it on, risking ridicule or worse. And I remember just standing back and watching the whole room. It was packed with women. They rose to their feet to make this disciple maker commitment. Um, And the day we landed back in Newark airport, I received a message. Would I please take the conference to South Africa? And then it was East Asia. And then it was uh, Liberia and uh, Egypt and Romania. And so 10 years later, uh, there's been more than 10,000 uh, trained to be disciples who make disciples of Jesus, and oh wow. my, um, that's incredible! Eighteen countries, yes. So we're really thrilled. Uh, but I don't know, you you want to hear a fun story about one time when we returned?
1: Absolutely.
2: Okay. Yeah. I was, you know, we never leave or forget. We always try to identify an in country leader for follow up and feedback. And so we do some coaching online. But this one particular time we were invited back to India and uh, this time 4,000 people gathered. And one of the things we want to always do is we always try to emphasize to the local leaders that they're to be very visible, they're to own this conference. And so we asked them to lead a musical worship and pick people to share testimonies. And so they asked this one blind woman if she would come up and share her testimony. And uh, she went up and said that at the very first conference that she discovered that she was loved for the very first time that she prayed to receive Jesus. She had been told that she was damaged goods because she was bl- born blind. And so... Oh my. Um, made this disciple-maker commitment to uh, take everything that they learned, pass it on. So her young son would actually guide her to different villages where she would then share the story about her Jesus. That's what she said. Um, and a lot of the women said, you know, no, we don't have time to hear your story about Jesus because we have housework to do. Because in that part of the world, if you don't do your housework at a certain time, there's consequences. And so she said, I'll do your housework in exchange for you to hear my story about my Jesus. And oh, so wow. it's incredible. So she has led hundreds to the Lord. Uh, she washes dishes, shares the gospel. It's incredible. Um, you know, this one time we just got back, we did several conferences in Africa this past summer, and the pastor um, reported to us, you know, the women you have taught have literally turned these two counties into centers of Bible study, prayer, and evangelism. We've never seen anything like it. Um, another pastor told us when we go into an unreached people group, we ask God to give us a person of peace. And the majority of the time he sends a woman. And so I asked, why is that? And he said, well, actually, um, men want to go in and show power, but women can go in and work very effectively, very quickly. And so how in all these years, we've discovered that when you give a woman value, you give her Uh a voice and she will use it to advance the message of the gospel. It's incredible. That
1: is so good.
2: Yeah. So that we're at this point.
1: So
2: yeah. We're, we're really trying to ignite a, a movement of women now at this point, you know, where um, the, because the need's massive, it's, it's just a global, need, a global crisis of truth and identity and purpose. And so we want to mobilize other women to go. It's like that uh, Psalm 68, 11 says the Lord gives the command and the women who proclaim it are a great army. So we want to raise up this army of women to go and invest in other women, to help them be disciples who then know how to make disciples and watch generations change and villages reached.
1: Wow. So you uh, take your you, you, the curriculum you wrote and are you translating yeah. it into several languages, workbooks and such as that?
2: Well, we started first with a follow-up Bible study. We were asked for a tool that would help us. And so we released that two years ago. It's called Your True Story. It's a 50-day essential guide to your new life in Jesus. It basically takes you through the essentials of the faith in a 50-day journey. Um, There's seven weeks. So you learn God's story, your part, your purpose, how to abide, um, how to study the Bible and and defeat the enemy with it and uh, worship through pain and suffering. But there's just so much in it. um, And it's written without any Western examples or personal stories. So it could be easily translated. And so it's right now in uh, ten being worked into 10 translations. We now have it in Portuguese and Spanish. That went up about two weeks ago on Amazon. But we have a buy one, give one model so that all copies sold here in the United States actually fund a free translated copy to believers in under-resourced nations. Because, you know, how we have all these resources freely give available to us and most believers around the world do not, they just do not have access to this. Um, and so we're kind of going against the grain and trying to get our the tools out there freely. And um, so that's exciting. But yes, we're actually putting in a curriculum. It's actually in the very final stages. It's in graphic design to be able to help launch and mobilize other women to go. So whether it's mission sending agencies, missionaries, anyone who likes to do missions or people who have influence, we want uh, to be able to help them. Take a, a very strategic, biblical, simple, spirit-led reproducible path to mobilize others, to be disciples who know how to make disciples in a you know in a you know two three day workshop intensive workshop. And so that's going to be available just in a few weeks. So um we're inviting people to sign up and and get on that mailing list.
1: So I, I didn't tell you I was gonna ask this question, but tell me your background. Are you a writer?
2: Yeah. No, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, this is I. uh, This is just another step of obedience, basically. Um, I mean, how (laughs) goodness I I I trusted Jesus for my salvation, did not know how to trust Him for my everyday life. So my career path was going after the things of this world. Like I didn't because I wasn't discipled. You you were discipled by the world. So my my path in life, how I arrived to this moment, really was um, all divine. God really uh, helped me understand who he was and my true identity in him because, um, you know, I, back in my, I guess it was my late twenties, I, I had what the world would consider success, but I was absolutely miserable. And um, so. What were you doing? Yeah. I was head of marketing for a a large financial services firm. um, uh, And I was actually relocated here at Jacksonville to take over this particular Department, and um, it was really through a season of suffering, how that I I journeyed through this and got to this point because I had really defined myself by my career, and when I woke up miserable day after day and knew that was not what God's plan was. I, I love Jesus, so I knew that 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 was I was not doing what I was designed to do. I just didn't understand what I was to do, and. Um, I went through this season of suffering. Uh, my father unexpectedly passed away. I had to lay off a bunch of staff uh, during a recession. I, um, we, Brett and I struggled through infertility, and it was. Um, we finally did got get pregnant, praise God, and thinking that was going to solve everything, and it didn't. <laughs> and, um, I actually. Slipped into postpartum depression. So, um, for those of you who don't know what that is, about ten percent of women um, have a chemical imbalance that takes place after they give birth, and it's very destructive, uh, dark um, thoughts. And so, I wound up um, reaching for my Bible, knowing the answer was in Scripture. I just was not biblically literate to know how to retrieve it. And so, I opened the Bible and landed on the Book of Ecclesiastes, and yeah. for. Bible scholars out there know where I'm headed. Basically my, I didn't get past the first paragraph. It said meaningless, meaningless life is meaningless. And so I slammed the Bible shut and cried out to God. Yes, my life is meaningless. I don't, I don't know, even know why you let me live. I don't make any difference at all. And I, um, Remember, a few days later, I was in a store to rent movies. You know, you actually had to do that for the young
0: listeners. <laughs> you
2: had to go to a place to get movies and bring them back and put them into a machine. And so, That's
0: funny.
2: <laughs> I um, I remember walking up and down the aisles of the store, and a man approached me saying, "I have a message from God." Oh wow! He said, uh, "You've had a really hard year, um, but you, but." He said exactly this. Uh, what you do matters. What you do makes a difference. You are appreciated and loved. And then he turned all, away and walked away. Um, and I went and followed him and I had never had something like that happen to me before. And so I uh, didn't have any way to fit that in any of my theological perspective. I had such a limited perspective at that point. And so I asked him if he was an angel. I basically thought, you know, if you say you have a message from God, you're either reading the Bible or you're the angel Gabriel. And he said, no, he's not an angel. And he told me the same thing. What you do matters. What you do makes a difference. You're appreciated and loved. And so, um, at that point, I really came to understand that God hears our cry. You know, he yeah. sees us, he knows where we are and he is with us in this. Yeah. So, um, it's through that journey that, uh, I started reading the Bible, and it's instead of it being stale and lifeless, it became vibrant and alive, um, and that's when God really birthed in me a passion for women. I wound up praying for a year, quitting my career without a plan B, uh, did not know what next, and that's when um, our pastors at our church asked me if I would restart the women's ministry, and so that's how everything kind of took off.
0: If you're like most leaders, no one ever actually taught you how to lead a church. Even if you ace seminary, there are so many unanswered questions and problems that no one equipped you for. It's time to take the mystery out of leading your church forward. The Art of Leadership Academy is an online learning community created by Carrie Newhoff. Inside, you'll find a host of premium on-demand courses and the strategies and insights you need to lead and grow your church. Plus, the Art of Leadership Academy offers community hosted by qualified experts and peer-to-peer learning. And you'll get live monthly coaching and done-for-you staff training, all for $397 a year. That's it. No catch. Think of it as the best investment in leadership development you'll make all year. Go to theartofleadershipacademy.com to sign up. That's the art of leadership to learn more and to get instant access.
1: You know, one of the things I've discovered, and, and you, you've lived it as well, is God doesn't use anything that isn't broken first.
2: Oh, goodness, yes.
1: You, know, you look through the Old Testament, Moses broken, and suddenly he's usable. And so God used that period of time to allow brokenness, and now he can. Your, your fertile soil. That is, that is so good. So, what are some of the distinctives or values that, that drive your organization?
2: Yeah. Well, um, number one, abiding in Christ. Hal, if it took okay. me more than 20 years to learn how to live all in, it took me another 10 years how to learn how to abide in Christ. Basically, that idea of us as weak branches attached to jesus as the true vine to be able to rest in him i'm, I'm talking about like that hebrews for rest that where we're relying on him for everything releasing everything to him and receiving everything we need from him i kind of picture the holy spirit as the sap that runs through the branch in, in from the vine into the branch to produce the fruits that we're not responsible for bearing fruit um, in fact, in seminary, that's what I looked at in, in the original languages. It, it, the command is not to bear fruit. The command is to abide. And so everything right. in our ministry, it's prayer driven. That is the, we are a volunteer based ministry. We have 48 wonderful, uh, volunteers here in the States, and they are the most active team is our, our prayer team. They're in fact praying for us right now, um, for this podcast. And, um, that is that's what drives us we want to make sure we're biblically faithful of course and and loving well um and getting the right people in the right seats um in the ministry knowing their spiritual gifts and knowing what um their desires of their heart is and their calling and, and their character and competency and so It's been a driving principle to really help women discover that they're loved and valued and have a divine purpose to enjoy God and exalt him in all things to be able to be a disciple. But then also who knows how to make disciples of Jesus.
1: Oh, man. Um, Where's some big learnings, maybe surprises or things you've learned as you've been uh, chasing God with all in ministries?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I was. I uh, was surprised that this was a global need. I had no idea that women are kept out of the classrooms. I didn't realize that when you are born a female in developing countries or, you know, actually millions of people, women around the world, when you're born a female, you are born into a life sentence of oh. poverty and abuse and exploitation. I didn't realize that this this was a global crisis. And I also didn't realize how simple it was to help women really discover, um, the truths of who they are and, and, and what they're designed to do. And, um, and so I think what has been sort of a hindrance is I think there's a lot of ideas of what missions, short-term missions, uh, could be and, um, should be. I, I, I've seen such powerful life change, uh, generational change, um, community change when you invest in a woman. It's kind of like the woman at the well in John 4, that Samaritan woman. We see that on repeat every place we go. They are encountering Jesus. It radically changes them and they go back and they change their families and, and villages. And so our big hurdle is to help others discover that this is an issue and how simple it is to solve this. You know, if, if they, we're not looking to change short-term missions. We're just simply asking people to append what they're already doing. So if they are already going, they're doing VBS or a building project, just recruit two spiritually mature women. They can teach their, our curriculum under the shade of a tree. It's so simple and reproducible and biblically faithful. So, um, and then watch the gospel just explode. And, and we see that all over the world. It's just a matter of taking time to see a woman and to give her value. Uh, just like God did with Hagar, you know, seeing her calling her name, just the fact that he mentions her name is shocking um, in the Old Testament. Um, right. But just to see her and value her and then watch her uh, and you watch her change.
1: Wow, that's that, that's just exciting to hear all that's happening. Um, what are some of your challenges? I mean, what what's a big rock you're trying to push or something like that?
2: Yeah, I, I, I knew that putting out a book and translating it and then trying to get it into developing countries would be hard. Uh, I didn't realize how difficult it would be. I, I mean, we've gotten advice. We decided we'd self publish because yep. we wanted to give them freely away. When you, when you enter into a contract with a publisher, you don't have control over that anymore. And we really want to make sure that every time we did a conference, we could give them a tool to follow up and go deeper. And so there's just not the infrastructure in place around the world, you know, everyone, all authors are trying to get into the United States, not going out. And right. so trying to get this tool, um, translate it in biblically sound, theologically faithful, you know, like trying to make sure it is done right and well. Um, we ourselves, it took 10 years to write this Bible study, went through three theological reviews, um, has more than 1400 passages of scripture. We want to make sure that it maintains that level of integrity right. and so to try to get that done And then to get it into the hands has been hard. Um, We have now found a a printer in India to help us. um, And then we're trying to get that into other languages. Um, So that is probably one of our biggest hurdles is to get the tool into the heart languages of women around the world. But the tool, actually, the Bible study, Your True Story, is not written for women. It's actually written because um, we want it for everyone who uh, picked up this tool to be able to um, go deeper in their relationship with God, to understand the essentials of the faith. Um, and, and so he wrote it in case women were withheld from the receiving education, which is a vast majority of women, they're actually kept from the classroom for their sons to be able to read it to them. Well, that's what's uh-huh. happening in different places. And Very so good. see that the sons will read it to the the, the mothers or wives or or, um, you know, their grandmothers. And so, and they're able to latch onto this material. It's um, not only just uh, basics of Christianity, it gets into deep heart level things as well as some deep theological truths as well. And so we're trying to get that out and um, asking God for him to level the the path for us.
1: (laughs) So you obviously have it in English, right?
2: We have it in English, Spanish and Portuguese on Amazon now.
1: Okay, it's on Amazon. What's the name of the book?
2: Your True Story: The Fifty Day Essential Guide to Your New Life with Jesus.
1: Say that and, one more time.
2: Sure. Your True Story: The Fifty Day Essential Guide to Your New Life with Jesus.
1: Okay, if they buy it on Amazon, does a book get also set? Does it does have to income? Okay, very cool.
2: And so, what's so? interesting and there's a a few close countries that we're working where the copies are sent digitally so we can actually get a lot more out um ebooks um because they're less expensive and then in other places especially in africa just shipping alone costs that oh yeah just that amount so it all kind of balances out but um yeah it's we're excited we we're so grateful for the, the community of believers who came together to help me in this journey, to put that together, because that was not something that I had ever desired. Never once did I desire to write a book. Um, it was something that I thought was going to be just a tool for my boys. Um, so oh, that's that, good. Yeah. And so God had other plans.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's neat. The way God will, will change it and turn it. And um, yeah. so do you have an idea how many books have been published or printed?
2: Yeah, there um, were, I don't have the latest numbers. I should have looked at that prior, but um, right. I want to say there's like 3,000 that have already been printed. Um, and then that does not include the free copies that are out. Um, oh. And so we, um, this fun story is, you know, I, I actually thought that this was going to be a tool just for people outside of the United States, I never expected this to be something that would be received by Americans. And yet God has so beautifully uh, worked in this tool. We actually have a few churches that give it out to new believers or those who are getting baptized um, as discipleship resources as well. And so we are so honored and so grateful uh, every time um, somebody uses it to help another person grow in their relationship with God.
1: Oh, that's so good. Uh, tell me your website if somebody wants to to learn more about uh, what you're doing. What's the website?
2: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're located at allinmen, short for ministry.org. That's allinmen.org. You can actually go on. We have a free one-hour course that you can take where it helps you become a disciple maker. So um, the very first 20 years of my walk with the Lord, how I was so focused on evangelism. That's it. I was a very binary thinker at that point, you know, black and white, either lost or saved. And so um, I was very vocal in my faith. um, And so wanted to share the essentials of all the evangelism techniques and methods into one course, but then take it a step further. Because what I discovered in that journey of teaching evangelism and leading evangelism campaigns at our church, that um, the secret sauce to evangelism is helping people fall in love with Jesus. Right. As as it really takes discipleship and really discipleship is the umbrella and evangelism fits under that. But um, really, the more they fall in love with Jesus the more it will be a natural overflow for them to share their faith with others. And so we wanted to take the course a step further. So it's not just who to say, what to say, when to say, um, and creating those spiritual conversations, but then how to get them in groups, how to help them grow and then go and uh, to serve them and and to support them in their their growth. And so that um, online course is available on our website as well as free printables and videos. Um, We're also on social media platforms. So you can find us at Instagram Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, um, um, and then Pinterest as well. And so we'd love for you to sign up and be a part of what we're doing. We're going to be releasing that training curriculum as we talked about earlier. And when we do, we're going to let the mailing list know. So if you're interested in in receiving our curriculum, I'd invite you to go onto our website. That's all in men short for ministry.org. And you can sign up and, and we'll be able to get you those tools.
1: Now, recently or something, you've started a Bible study, am I right? Uh, yes,
2: your true story. Well, we were talking about that, um, the Bible study. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, uh, you was there something you wanted to invite people to? Is there something? Go ahead.
2: Yeah. So we have that, uh, the online course that we just talked about, but we also are always inviting people into um, our Your True Story uh, Bible studies. We have that, that of course, now we had talked about that, the translations of that available, but we also have a lot of support tools. If you were to go okay. on our website, you can go up to the top, you'll see Your True Story. And there are so many different supportive tools for each week of the study. Um, we always, we, you know, we, it's a 50-day journey for a very biblical reason. And so I'm not going to reveal that. God makes 50 a big um, journey in both the Old Testament and the New. And so during uh, a certain time of the year, we always dial that up because of, of the Jewish calendar and what happens in those 50 days. But we'd love for you to be a part of what we're doing at all in all the ministries to to learn, I, you know, how I was thinking, you know, there's 1 billion people who call themselves Christian around the world. Can right. you imagine if those 1 billion people became followers of Jesus? Right they're called Christian, but if they actually learned how to do the work of a disciple and to be a disciple and enjoy God in the process, how that would radically changed and fundamentally changed their life. And so um, we hope that the tools that we offer, whether it's our Bible study or true story or the online course or some of the other things can help people take that step of really becoming a disciple maker of Jesus.
1: I love your passion. Anything uh, you wish I'd asked or you want to say?
2: Oh, I'm just so grateful to Leadership Network and and the fact that you really help those of us who are just so busy doing the work of ministry. You know, we just don't have a lot of time to build awareness for our ministry. We're we're in the middle of trying to serve others overseas and locally, digitally, that for you to help us really grow awareness of what we're doing, we are so blessed and feel so honored uh, to be seen that way. And so I just want to thank you, Hal, and the team behind you for all that you're doing. It means the world to us that you would um, invite us into this space. Well,
1: we're excited to hear your story and now a lot of other people will get to. Hey, as we uh, kind of finish up, can I pray for us?
2: Oh, no, please. Thank you.
1: Father, I'm so grateful for how you call us, wire us, and prepare us for ministry. Thank you for the uh, ministry that you've birthed through Susan. I pray you'll use all in ministry volunteers and people who have been disciples to make real life change in this world. We, we're so grateful for the gifts you've given us We just want to steward them faithfully. So God, use Susan with the books you've used uh, to help her get printed and take that message and multiply disciples for Jesus around the world. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: Thank you, Hal, so much. It's been an honor to be here.